Support for this podcast comes from Clevery, the leading soft skills platform for matching and recruiting. Backed by 30 years of scientific research and assessment development, Clevery helps you to predict job performance and hire the right talent to build a winning team. Grow faster by focusing on what matters most, soft skills. Visit www.clevery.com and clevery spelled C-L-E-V-R-Y to discover how companies like British Gas, Asda and Marks and Spencer hire better with Clevery and schedule your demo today. There's been more of scientific discovery, more of technical advancement and material progress in your lifetime and mine than in all the ages of history. Hi there, this is Matt Alder. Welcome to episode 456 of the Recruiting Future podcast. Work is changing, jobs are changing, and the way companies select and hire people needs to keep up with this pace of change. We've always talked a lot in talent acquisition about soft skills, but what actually are they in the context of modern work? Why are they important and how can they be assessed? My guest this week is Dr. Alan Redman, Head of Science and Technology at Clevery. Alan is an expert in the definition, assessment and impact of soft skills and has some very valuable insights to share. Hi, Alan, and welcome to the podcast. Hi, Matt. How are you? I'm very good, thank you. And it's an absolute pleasure to have you on the show. Could you just introduce yourself and tell everyone what you do? Sure. Well, um, my name is um, Dr. Alan Redman. I'm a work and organisational psychologist. I've been working in uh, that industry for um, around 25 years. At present, I'm um, Head of Science and Technology with um, Clevery, which is a um, soft skills company um, focusing on um, recruitment and um, business psychology consultancy. Fantastic. And before we sort of move the conversation forward, tell us a little bit more about Clevery and the, the, the work that you do there. Sure. Well, um, we are a kind of unique organisation in the sense that um, whilst we have a um, a traditional um, recruitment business that's um, got many years of um, track record, um, we also have a um, well-established business psychology arm as well. And um, we're really able to fuse those um, two um, areas together in a way which um, enables us to um, focus kind of on the on the whole business of um, people at work so not just um, getting people into the organization uh, but getting the right person and then managing engaging leading developing that person once they're um, in role and really what our focus is is um, finding the right job for the right person so we really are looking to understand um, where people are going to be happiest most motivated and get the most from their um, from their um, jobs fantastic stuff so it's been almost three years of very, very disruptive times and constant change. I'm recording this sort of at the end of August. I'm still not quite sure what's going on in the job market, in the world of work. It seems to change every day. What's your perspective on what's been going on? What's going on in the market? What are you seeing in terms of the, 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 way, that, the way that people work, the way that people recruit? Yeah, um, I think you're right when you say that um, it's been a um, a few years of um, almost constant change. And I know, um, you know, we used to think there was constant change um, 
before, but um, it really has accelerated um, certain themes in the workplace and introduced new ones. And it's almost um, every month a new term gets unveiled. I think this month it's um, quiet quitting. Yes. Um, we've had great resignations. We've had um, Tang Ping or lying flat in some regions. Um, so um, it's, I think, um, never been more challenging for employers for leaders and managers to kind of keep on top with really what's going on with people um, at work um i, I think um there certainly s- seems to have been a rethink and i think um both uh, i think um individuals at work have really um kind of come through this really hard um period and maybe um I guess are revisiting their relationship with their organisations, their employers, their um, their values, what they want from work, and 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 really how they can, um, I guess, um, balance having a rewarding um, and um, enjoyable um, career versus, I guess, a um, a life, you know, and a, and a wider set of um, um, kind of interests and experiences and um, um, kind of rewards outside of the workplace. And I think um, it's hard for employers, whether it's um, in terms of recruitment, engagement, leadership, motivation, development, to um, to grapple with those things. Absolutely. And how's technology changing things, in your opinion? Well, I guess um, we're seeing a bit of a pendulum swing at the moment. Um, remote working. Um, was um, forced really on all of us, all employers, um, all individuals. Um, obviously, some people have been doing that um, already, but for most of us, it was a new experience working from home. It's amazing in hindsight how quickly organisations and people were um, able to adapt to um, the new ways of working, and, and um, the technology was already there. So we've seen an acceleration of, um, of um, the um, pickup. Of, of that um, form of technology, I guess what we're seeing now maybe is not the permanent change we anticipated. So I think there was a lot of um, expectation during the during the early kind of success of working from home that um, it might stick, that actually city centres would um, stay empty, that people would um, stay at home. We're seeing some firms take a different line now. I think Apple being the most um, recent one in the news, starting to. Um, wanting to strike a clearer, more structured balance um, around flexible working with expectations about um, a um, certain degree of um, being present in the organisation. So, so I think um, where we're getting to with technology as far as um, working patterns is concerned is that um, I think employers and individuals are grappling for that balance. And I, I, I guess trying to find a sweet spot whereby they can harness the um, alternatives that technology um, makes available to us as, as people at work in a way that um, balances the needs of the individual, the needs of the employer, um, and also counters some of the um, potential adverse effects we see from um, a pure remote working model. So talking um, a little bit more about soft skills. So the focus of Clevery is soft skills. What do you actually mean by soft skills? Well, that's a good question. And um, I think we're um, very clear that um, we are using um, a different meaning from the traditional one. And often um, soft skills, certainly um, in my experience in kind of um, industrial environments, was often used as a um, 
in a pejorative way. Uh, it's often meant to um, we often refer to people skills. And I think managers would complain about going on soft skills training because it was viewed to be the softer stuff, you know, kind of the, the less essential stuff, the, the frothy stuff compared to, you know, hard skills and um, kind of getting the job done with your um, knowledge, skills and um, kind of experience around, um, yeah, okay, the job itself. So we really work with a um, broader definition that draws on, well, it's decades really of um, psychological research into the performance of people at work. So we're looking and we're interested as psychologists um, in all of the unique individual qualities and attributes that um, people bring as individuals to work. Um, So we um, um, would um, describe soft skills as encompassing personality. That's your style. That's how you like to do your work. The um, cognitive ability and um, styles you bring to bear when you're um, overcoming um, um, problems, decisions, making judgments, and so on. So it's kind of the, your, your thinking soft skills, plus all of the drive and motivation and kind of values that um, need to match the um, job you're in. So we we, um, we view soft skills as um, the whole individual, and um, I guess our focus is um, understanding that, understanding the job in relation to people's soft skills and making that match accordingly. So they're very distinct from hard skills and hard skills are a more traditional way, I guess, of um, thinking about people in relation to work because um, um, I guess those are the things which are trained um, or learned or educated um, that perhaps um, yeah are less um, distinctive about us as individuals. So we were just talking um, about how work is changing and, and what work might be like in the future. How important are uh, soft skills in terms of the future of work? Well, obviously, they've always been important, not always recognised, but always important. Um, and we know that um, really the um, differences in performance between people doing the same job can always be explained by differences in their soft skills. Changes to the... Um, way of working are accelerating their importance they're becoming much more critical um, to the performance of people and teams and organizations and that's um partly because jobs themselves are evolving and changing where um um, i guess hard skills are less critical to performance in them most roles certainly in the knowledge um, um economy they're becoming more important because um, jobs and organisations themselves um, change more quickly and it's your soft skills that enable you to um, adapt to those changes, to be able to work flexibly, to may- maybe be able to kind of change um, your, your kind of hard skill set, your way of working to respond to, um, to um, the new challenges. And, um, yeah, I guess um, what we're also um, seeing more and more as as jobs are um, um, changing in nature is it's, it's the soft skills which are becoming um, even stronger in terms of um, um, predicting performance at work. So they are pretty much going to be the growth way of understanding um, and um, how people are going to perform and how organisations can um, can harness that performance. And what challenges does this present for organisations? I think um, it's almost um, the kind of illustrates the difference between those um, traditional organisations who are perhaps haven't are perhaps clinging to um, a model which no longer exists, certainly a pre-COVID one, where um, you employ people based on hard skills, you use um, assessment methods which look at hard skills like um, you know CV, 
um, or a very kind of traditional um, interview. Um, and those uh, more contemporary forward-looking organisations who um, have embraced the changes we've seen and are um, um, you know, ready to do things differently. So I think for um, soft skills organisations, um, they will find it easier to overcome challenges in hiring, recruitment and assessment. So how do you, you know, identify the right person um, for the role if you um, can't rely on traditional methods? Um, they will be um, smarter at um, job design. So really thinking about how um, jobs can be crafted to work for the individuals, certainly the top performing um, individuals, and um, how to really um, embed the relationship between those top performers and the organisation. So those people really want to work for you. Um, I think um, soft skills organisations will overcome the challenge of um career development, career paths. So how do you um, develop people if the focus and um, is not hard skills, if hard skills are not the, the way to um, grow in a, in, in a role and in, in, in an organisation, um, but, but soft skills instead? Um, how do you move L&D processes away from hard skills to soft skills? Um, and how do you um, grapple with um, soft skills, um, making individuals um, more portable in other words if you're a strong soft skills individual it's easier for you to find um, work elsewhere you are more attractive to other employers um you um yeah you are going to be able to work flexibly um, across jobs so i think that's going to be a challenge for those organizations who don't recognize and nurture um the, the um kind of value of um soft skills and what challenges does this present for an organization well, there's a whole range of challenges across the um, employee um, journey, really, right from um, initial recruitment through to, um, I guess, um, um, yeah, performing and um, promotion and um, staying with the organisation. And the nature of all of those challenges really um, pulls on the extent to which the um, employer is clinging to traditional ways of um, dealing with people at work versus, I guess, the um, soft skills approach that's going to um, um, become critical um, over the next um, few years. So an early challenge, for example, would be around um, hiring um, and recruitment. So how do you um, assess people um, against their soft skills? How do you understand what they can um, bring to the role? You can't rely on traditional methods like CV um, or um, kind of straightforward interview to do that. Um, there's a challenge around the design of jobs themselves. Um, so in order to, um, I guess, keep hold of the um, um, workers with the um, core soft skill strengths um, you need, really you've got to, um, I guess, focus very strongly on the psychological contract you have with them. That means the job's got to be right for them. And um, job design can no longer just be one size fits all. You've got to think about how jobs can be crafted to really reflect the um, kind of um, bespoke individual soft skills that the person is bringing along. That can also mean looking um, at um, the way career paths um, and L&D processes are um, organised within your um, business. So they can't can no longer favour um, kind of hard skills. Um, they um, can no longer, I guess, um, just be um, based on a very kind of hierarchical um, structure to the organisation. It's got to be a bit more um, fluidity and um, a soft skills focus, of course. Uh, and I guess the um, um, final challenge, we've seen this in things like the Great Resignation, um, 
quiet quitting, some of his other um, kind of um, employee um, engagement issues we've seen are around um, the fact that soft skills themselves are very portable. So it's e- much easier um, for a um, individual with soft skill strengths to go elsewhere because the, the soft skills they've got make them um, very flexible um, and make them very attractive to other employers and make it much easier to move between roles certainly much easier than um, I guess um, um, a more traditional picture where it was some um, hard skills which were the focus. So I'm sure lots of people who are listening would be interested in your perspective about how you actually assess and measure soft skills. You sort of mentioned the the issues with the the sort of the more traditional ways of recruiting. How does your organisation measure and assess soft skills? Well, I guess we um, recognise the um, value of CVs and kind of traditional interviews in terms of starting a conversation. So I think a CV um, is um, something that um, I guess candidates feel comfortable about um, providing and, and um, employers are kind of interested to look at. And it kind of gives some basic information about the biography, what they've done, where they've come from. But really, those should just be um, regarded as the start of the conversation. Um, if you want to understand the um, soft skills that have driven all of the experience that's um, described in the CV, if you want to understand the um, um, soft skills that the um, individual is going to bring to work, um, you need to use more structured um, assessments. And really what these do is enhance the um, hiring decisions that you're making. It's not making them more difficult. Um, it's making um, the, um, I guess, range of information you've got about the soft skills um, um, more empowering in terms of the um, quality of hires that you make. Um, but it does mean um, using more structured techniques such as um, psychometrics to um, look at um, um, soft skills strengths around um, interpersonal style, thinking style, using assessments to look at the um, values um, and culture fit that the individual um, um, is bringing along to see if those um, um, dovetail um, nicely with the um, kind of values and um, culture of the organisation. You need you need to use um, structured assessments to um, understand um, the motivations of the individual to make sure that um, the role itself is going to be one which will um, challenge um, reward kind of, and, and engage the individual and whether any kind of job crafting might be necessary to um, really make, um, I guess, the job um, work for that person's motivations. They will stick around. So it means using things like um, personality questionnaires, um, situational judgment tests, um, cognitive ability tests um, to get a rounded overall view of the individual. And um, I guess the good news for employers is that um, um, candidates in general um, um, have expectations around um, recruitment processes now and will um, favour um, organisations um, who seem to have a structured process and go beyond just the CV and just, you know, the interview with a manager. Um, so um, I feel if, you, if, if employers really want to attract the best people, they do need to have a, um, an assessment process which um, yeah, meets those um, expectations. So final question, and again, looking out into the future. So that we know that more and more organizations are using AI in kind of all aspects of their all aspects of their of their business. Will the move towards AI in business, will that reduce the need for soft skills? Well, um I'm not sure the extent to which more organisations are using AI, but I think more organisations are certainly being marketed about um, AI. And I think there's a perhaps an anxiety around um, 
within businesses around um, what they should be doing, whether this is the um, yeah, next next big thing. And I guess there's some uh, misapprehensions about AI, perhaps in in um, in that marketing sometimes. Um, in the end, um, AI um, is not the same as intelligence or consciousness. We aren't um, developing um, clever um, machines. What we are doing is getting better and better at developing machine-learned algorithms, which um, can simulate um, and automate s- some behaviours and um, decisions. So there are certainly some roles and some jobs, and they tend to be the hard skills ones, which can be automated. And you can kind of train um, a machine based on lots of data to um, kind of um, repeat um, yeah, what's happened before. What AI doesn't offer is um, a capacity for flexibility. So it it just can't respond to situations outside those included in those machine-learned responses in the way a human can. In other words, it doesn't have soft skills. It can't it can't um, manage um, challenge. It can't um, respond effectively um, to um, um, stuff outside the context of um, what it's learned. Um, however, there is benefit to taking maybe some of the um, um, more boring routine um, stuff out of jobs and automating it with um, um, machine learning. And I guess um, really drawing on humans who are rich in soft skills um, to work alongside that automation in a kind of um, co-working relationship um, to really, um, I guess, um, drive performance for the organisation. So um, I don't feel think for a moment that AI will reduce the need um, for soft skills at work. If anything, it will increase the requirement because, um, yeah, we can take a lot of the um, routine hard skills stuff um, out of jobs. Really, that um, leaves the um, kind of sweet soft skills stuff for humans to do. And that's actually the bit we, um, I guess, in the end, find rewarding, motivating and um, enjoyable. Alan, thank you very much for talking to me. My pleasure. Thank you, Matt. My thanks to Alan. You can subscribe to this podcast in Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, or via your podcasting app of choice. Please also follow the show on Instagram. You can find us by searching for Recruiting Future. You can search all the past episodes at recruitingfuture.com. On that site, you can also subscribe to the mailing list to get the inside track about everything that's coming up on the show. Thanks very much for listening. I'll be back next time and I hope you'll join me. This is my show.